battle. The battle um, takes place in our thoughts and emotions. We're going we're to look at that. Um, but he uses this battle in our mind and emotions for our own good, just like everything else. Living in this world is, is tough. Life is tough. It's tough enough with, with, uh, without God. It's, it's going to be tough. There are going to be ups and downs, highs and lows. There are going to be struggles. We're all heading. Uh, once you're born, uh, you're heading for uh, uh, you're in, you're basically you, you grow to a certain point, you hit your peak, and then you start going downhill. <laughs> and uh, you you feel pain, you feel sorrow, you feel, feel sadness, you struggle with these things uh, outwardly and inwardly. And so life is hard. And as we get into our relationship with God, there's a new aspect of a battle that takes place. First Peter 5, 8 through 9, it says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now, the, the enemy, the devil, he's not a physical enemy. He's, he's not a little red guy with horns and a pitchfork who, you know, that we need to dodge and watch out for. This is a spiritual battle. He's, he's a spiritual enemy. So the battleground is not, is not a physical battle, but it's a spiritual battle that takes place in our spirit, in, in our thoughts and emotions. That's, that's where the battle is. The devil attacks our thoughts and emotions through temptation and trouble. Uh, not all trouble is from the enemy. Some, some we bring on ourselves. Other is collateral damage from living in the world full of people who bring it on us. Um, but some days the attack, the battle, is worse than others. The Bible calls this the day of evil. We'll, we'll look at a passage that refers to that. But there there are two, two ways that I want to look at this morning, two of the ways that the enemy attacks and that we struggle and that we battle as we set out to just do the good that God wants us to do, fulfill the purpose that he's given us to fulfill. Doesn't it seem like family life should be a lot easier than it is? Marriage. <laughs> I mean, you do have a honeymoon in marriage and then, and then you settle in and there, there are struggles. And, and there are battles. Just, it just seems like going to work and accomplishing stuff should be just a lot easier than it is. But there's snags, there are problems, there's motivational issues. <laughs> I'm so tired of doing this work, you know, I don't want to keep doing it. So it, it just seems like it should be harder, harder than it is. But what's happening is there's a battle going on. Two of the ways the enemy attacks. First of all, uh, there's a frontal assault, which we'll just call temptation. Uh, he, he aims to convince us to cross a boundary that God has set up for our own good. And um, he, he's trying to convince us that we can get what we want without God and, and without doing it God's way, without obeying God, basically. That's, that's temptation. This was Eve's mistake in the Garden of Eden. If you, look at Genesis 3 and you can, you can really see the heart of the choice that she made. Um, she felt that the forbidden fruit was going to provide 
the opportunity to get knowledge and mental powers and the ability to do well in life without having to rely on God or obey God. That's the heart of her choice. She thought she would become self-sufficient, so she didn't need God anymore. And it turned out to be the beginning, not of self-sufficiency, but of a disconnection from the only one who is sufficient in himself, God. It it began a a disconnect from him. Uh, You can read that. And we, she made that choice. Adam went right along. And the rest of us stamped our approval on that rebellion. Broke through the boundary of God. And we, we now, when we're born, we try to find ways of living life without God. We, we try to live it independent of him. And so when you decide to follow Christ, there, that's still there. That's sin. That's the heart of sin, trying to live life our own way, getting what we want. And it, it's still there. And uh, when you commit your life to Christ, we're tempted constantly to go back to our old ways, like putting on a, you know, a, a comfortable sweatshirt. It's so comfortable. We just want to wear it again. But anyway, temptation is one way. The other way the enemy attacks is through subtle and sometimes not so subtle suggestions in our thoughts and tugs on our emotions. Uh, One way, here's just an example. One way is through dread. I realized this as I was reading a passage. I was doing some study in a passage. And do you ever dread something? Uh, You know something really hard is coming up, a project, a project. Maybe a conversation that you've got to have with one of your kids or a friend, and you're not quite sure. You know you've got to do it, but you don't want to do it. And there's this sense of the thoughts keep flowing. Oh, I've got to do this. I don't want to do it. I'm going to try to get away with not doing it. You're putting it off, and and your emotions, you're starting to get, you just, you dread it. Well, through checking out a Bible passage, I realized dread is fear. It really is fear. And the enemy ramps up your fear level in this way, and he wants to paralyze you and to keep you from doing what you really need to do. So that, that's one of the ways that we're attacked. That's part of the battle, is working through the dreads. Oh, I just dread this conversation. But I really know, I know I need to have it. And so how do we handle that? Today we're going to look at how to handle that kind of thing in faith. Because faith can be applied and we can get past this stuff. We, we don't have to be a victim to it. Other ways we get attacked are through doubts, anxiety, sense of condemnation and guilt, a sweeping sense of sadness that we just floods over us. The goal for the enemy we're going to find out is to take you down. He, he wants to take us down, to knock us out, to, to keep us from walking in faith and fulfilling the purpose that God's made us to fulfill. That's what he's trying to do. Uh, he, he wants to keep you away from the people and the things that are going to help you grow. And, or he wants to keep you away from the people that he, he's trying to use you to bless. And to benefit. So we dread conversations that we know we really need to have with our kids or with our friends or maybe with coworkers or whatever. And 
these would be very helpful for the person. Maybe there's something about themselves they don't see or there's just something in the relationship that needs to be dealt with, and we dread that. We put it off. We don't deal with it. We don't do it, and we're not, we're not accomplishing the purpose God made us to accomplish. We're not blessing the people around us like we should. So that's, that's what the enemy's up to. One of his subtle, not-so-subtle schemes That's a very brief summary of the battle. We don't have time to go into it uh, in detail. But here's something we need to hang on to. God's promised to help us in the battle. We're going to look at God's promise to help us in the battle. Charles Spurgeon, who's a famous English pastor, said God's promises were never meant to be thrown away as waste paper. He intended that they should be used. And this is one that we should use. We, we should use it every day of our life. And that's, that's how we, what we do is we, we look at what God says in the scripture and we apply it to our everyday life in faith. And then we find victory in this battle that we're fighting. But look at this passage. 1 Corinthians 10:13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your strength. But with the temptation, we'll also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Here's some things that we get out of this passage. First one, the temptation that you're going through right now that you're dealing with is common. You are not a special case. Have you ever, have you ever caught your... Nobody has had it as tough as I do right now. Nobody has found themselves in this, in this circumstance. So it's excusable. If I just cave in right here and just let it go. You ever thought that or had that? Scripture says that's not true. The temptation that you're dealing with is, is common. It's, it's common to man. We're not a special case. The temptation is never more than we can handle. And, and while it's, in one sense, it's understandable when we cave into temptation. It's never excusable. There, there's help to get past it. There is help right there. So the temptation is never more than we can handle. God lets us be tempted. That's something else you get from this. He, he will not let you be tempted beyond your strength. In other words, all the temptations, all the struggles, all the trials, all the trouble that we face, it flows through the hand of God into our lives. And he allows it for a reason. He, he, he wants it to accomplish something in us. He, he uses it for different things, to, to test us, to strengthen us, to strengthen our faith, to teach us how to exercise our faith, uh, to build endurance. Endurance is a, is a very important thing. As you grow up, you know, you realize, if I'm going to get anything done, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to bear up under this weight of responsibility and I'm just going to have to push through because I'm not going to feel like doing most of the stuff I do (laughs) right now. You know, most of the really important stuff, you may or may not be all that jazzed about dealing with it. And so endurance is a very important thing. So God allows testing and trials and temptation to build our endurance so that as we face more and more, because what happens in life, life gets more and more complex as you go along. It gets more complex. You have more and more to deal with. And then all of a sudden it gets very simple. It starts out simple for you, tougher for the people who are taking care of you. 
Then it gets more and more and more and more complex, and then it gets simple again. But as, as, you're, as you're maturing, growing older, you need to be able to endure things. And so one of, the, one of the things that God's trying to do is these things are passing through his hand into your life, and he wants to build you. He wants to build endurance in you. Another thing he does is he, he chastens you and I. He, he, he allows temptation and the battle to chasten us, to bring about discipline and for us to choose uh, to rein ourselves in, really. The problem in temptation is that many times we lock God out of our minds and we lock on to that thing that we want and that, that way that we're going to go about getting it. And when we do that, we fall. Romans 6.14 says, this is something important to understand. Uh, God's goal is for us to endure. That's what he wants. Um, and there's a game we play. You ever played this game? The I can't take any more game? I can't take one more problem today. I can't take one more bad attitude or one more conflict or one more temptation. Um, that's the game we play. The truth is, God has provided a way of escape, and he will give you the ability to endure if you rely on him. But one of the keys to this whole thing is, we fall. We're all human. We mess up. We blow it. And in my, in my devotional time, time in the morning when I get into the Bible and, and pray, my, I call it quiet time, um, I read this verse this week. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. And I thought, that is, that is right. Because you know what gives us the victory? It's not the law. When you blow it, we all blow it. We're going to mess up. We sin. We overcome sin and temptation by accepting God's forgiveness when we blow it. And learning to obey out of the gratitude that flows from that. Out of the gratitude for what he's done. Grace. We approach the throne of grace, the Bible says. Jesus sits on a throne of grace. It's not law. Um, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to bury you in guilt when you blow it, when you, when you sin, when you make... When you, when you cave in to temptation. He wants to bury you in guilt and make you feel like you have to pay for your sin somehow. But Jesus has already paid. So he reigns in his kingdom by grace. The grace of God. He's already paid. We don't have to pay anymore. So when you blow it, what's important to do is just say, God, that was wrong. That was a wrong thought. That was a wrong action. It was a wrong statement. Will you forgive me? Accept his forgiveness. Don't beat yourself up and, and bask in his grace. And that motivates you to keep moving on. You're, I used to think, I've just got to get past this. And I need in my own strength to figure out how to do it. And the harder I tried, the worse it got. And the more I fell. And, and then I realized, okay, 
That's not working very well. <laughs> God, here I am again. This is embarrassing. It's, it's, it's humbling. It's, it, it's wrong that I've disobeyed you again. I've said something. I've done something. I've thought something. Will you forgive me? And over time of, of working this out in my relationship with God, I've grown more mature. And I've learned it's better to say no to my passions, my ways, my wants, and say yes to God's ways because that's where the blessing is. And it's in the midst of his grace that sin doesn't master me. I get free from it when I, when I walk in his grace. But you take out the big book of law, poof, hit me over the head with it. Oh, that, that's just, that's not uh, very motivating. <laughs> it's painful. Anyway, uh, God's promise to help in the battle. Let's look at his provision for the battle that he's given us. Ephesians 6, uh, 13 through 17. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. He's, he's provided us with some armor. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. This is our goal, to keep standing so that we can move in the right direction. If you're on the ground, on the floor, you can't move in the right direction. You can't fulfill your purpose. You can't do right. So here's the goal, to keep standing, not to let the enemy knock you down. Um, stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The, the belt of truth is, is just knowing the truth that you find in Scripture and, and keeping it tight. The belt keeps your armor in place. If the belt is loose, everything's rattling around. But the belt of truth keeps the armor in place. And it's, it's, it's crucial to know things like the truth that Jesus has saved you, paid the price for you, that he, he has chosen to... Not ignore the law, not ignore right and wrong, but he paid the penalty for your right and wrong, your sin. And now we live under grace. It's important to know that. So getting into scripture really helps and soaking it in. It's important to know what God thinks about you. Because one of the grounds that the enemy keeps attacking on, he keeps making you feel less than you are. He loves to put you down. And he loves it when you put yourself down. And so it's important to know what God thinks about you. He thinks very highly of you. He, he loves you so much that even when you were going the other way, rebelling against him, he died for you. That's what scripture says. So it's important to know that in this battle. And you've got to keep the belt tight. You've got to tighten up on the truth. It's buckled around your waist. And then... Another piece of the armor is the breastplate of righteousness. We're, we're to keep it in place. It's Jesus' righteousness, not our own. Our feet are to be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. It keeps you out of trouble when you identify with Christ to the people around you. Um, that's basically what that's saying as, as armor. When you let people know you're a follower of Christ, then you feel more accountable to do the right thing. Uh, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which is basically, God will not rip me off. If I go God's way, he will not rip me off. The lie is that he will. That was the lie. If you look at Genesis 3, that was the lie to Eve. You know, God, God doesn't want you to eat this because there's a, there's a whole new world that's going to open up to you that you're missing out on. So the shield of faith is God will not rip me off. 
as I choose to follow him. Uh, that's how you extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. The flaming arrows of the evil one, are, for me, are just thoughts that just wrong thoughts and, and emotions that come in. Take, take the helmet of salvation, which protects your mind because the enemy is going to be running you down and convincing you that you're not really a Christian. No Christian would think that or do that. The truth is, one, one just did. <laughs> if, if, if it was wrong. So you take the helmet of salvation, protect, protect your mind. And the sword of the Spirit, the only off- offensive weapon, which is the Word of God. Here, here's what we gain from this passage. You and I don't have to be the victim of our thoughts and emotions. You, you don't. You, you can win the victory over them. One time I was at Raging Waters with my daughter and, and her friend, and I was riding one of those big tube rides, big black tube ride, I can't remember the name of it. But I got claustrophobic in there. I'd never ha- I'd, That had never happened to me. I mean, I'm like a fourth of the way down, and I'm going, oh, let me out of here. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I noticed I got on a plane shortly after that, I started getting claustrophobic in the plane. And I, I, I began to think, I think, this is weird. And I, I started recognizing it as an attack. And so I decided, and that happened a few times when I got on the plane. I thought, this is weird. I've never been claustrophobic. But, you know, you're thinking, i got three hours on this plane. and It's kind of small and tight in here. So I started praying. I said, God, you know what? You're in control as, as the, the fear, really it was fear, as the fear sort of welled up, I started praying, God, I know you're in control. You're going to take care of me. And I started quoting Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? <clears throat> and it began, it began to go away. It, it just, it happened a couple more times and I got the victory. And here's, here's what we're to do as we look at the armor. When you're under attack, put up the shield and swing your sword. Use the sword that God has provided. Are you dreading something right now? Maybe there's something you dread. Looking for a job. Having a hard conversation. Working through something in your marriage. There's something you've just got to say, but you don't want to say it. And you know you need to to work through it. Maybe there's something that you're dreading. Do this. Put up the shield of faith. God, I know you're there. I know you want this marriage to be good. I know you've designed it to be a real blessing to each of us. I know you're going to help me when this when I deal with this, when this comes. And then quote Joshua 1.9. Be not... Frightened, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That that word frightened is the word dread. It means to dread something. You're afraid of something, so that you dread it, and it paralyzes you. So, put up the shield, swing the sword. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety. Tell God, you know, God, whatever happens, I know you will not rip me off. I know that. And so I'm going to trust you rather than getting all worked up. I'm going to trust you. And then pray about whatever it is. 
Philippians 4, 6, and 7, have no anxiety about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. All this stuff, you can take it to God. He's big enough to handle it. You, you can take it to him. Are you feeling condemned? The enemy loves to help you feel guilty and condemned. You know, Lord, I trust. This is the shield. Lord, I trust what you've done for me, and I know I'm forgiven. I'm not going to listen to that. You, you can refuse thoughts. You know, you don't have to own all the thoughts that come through your mind. Some of them aren't yours. You, you don't have to own them. You, you can actually refuse them. I'm not going to listen to that. Quote Romans 8.1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. You, you take that in faith. This is how you apply faith to your battles and your thoughts and emotions. If you're struggling with doubt, God, I know you're there. I know you're real. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I know that. So anyway, you get the idea. When you're under attack, put up the shield. God, you will not rip me off. You will help me in this situation and use the sword. Put your hope in the right place. If there's a flood of sadness, and sometimes you get up in the morning and you're just sad. There's this flood of sadness that's coming over you. Psalm 42.5 Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Put your hope in the right place. Hope in God. Don't give in to your emotions. Don't give in to your thoughts and just let them take you wherever they will. You, you can deal with them in faith and with the armor that the Lord has provided. There's more to the armor, but that's what I want to look at today. Here's a summary of how to fight in faith. You know, there's a couple football teams that are getting ready to do battle today. And the game starts at whenever it starts, sometime after 3, I'm sure. And they're going to dress out and they're going to prepare themselves mentally for, for, the, for the battle, for the game. We've got to do the same thing as we get ready for our days and as we get ready for the battle. First thing we can do is pray for protection and for victory daily. Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a part of my prayer every time I pray in the morning. So make this a pattern of your prayer life. God, protect me. I ask for deliverance and protection and uh, victory over the, the temptations that I'm going to face today. Ephesians 6.18, it's not, I don't think it's in your listening guide, but it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Stay alert to what's happening. When you're tempted and struggle, realize this is a battle that you can win. You don't have to be a victim to those things. Pray. Apply the promises of God to the situation. Trust God. Walk in faith. Pray for others as they come to mind. Maybe they're struggling at that time. Pray for them. Second thing we can do is continue to adopt God's perspective. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is how you tighten up the truth on the truth. This is how you tighten up the belt of truth. You get into the scripture every day, and you let God begin to transform your perspective and your thinking. Your quiet time, that thing I was referring to earlier, where you get up and spend time praying and, you know, 10, 15 minutes, start praying and getting into the Bible, just letting God speak to you. That's the number one source for help in this way, in changing your perspective. You soak up the word, you let the truth transform your mind, and you just don't let your mind go. You keep it on a leash. You rein it in, and you tighten up on the truth, and you tell yourself the truth that you know, because uh, that really helps. You talk to yourself all the time, <laughs> and you're not nuts. If you talk out loud to yourself, you're, you're probably going to be considered crazy if you're speaking out loud to yourself. But you're telling yourself things all the time. It needs to be the truth. If you're telling yourself the truth, you, you have the belt of truth in place. It's keeping the armor there. Third, use the armor when attacked. Ephesians 6, 16, 17, we just looked at this. Take up the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. Put up the shield and swing the sword. I usually memorize a short verse, a very short. I try to keep them short. So that when I'm tempted or when I'm struggling, when I'm battling, when I'm feeling like, ah, oh, you know, you're such a, such a failure, you know, you're so weak. You know, then I have a, I have a verse that I can, I can put up the shield. You know, God, that doesn't really matter because you use the weak for your purposes. You, you can use my weaknesses. Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 says that he, he uses my weaknesses for his purpose. And he does. It's amazing. What he does. So, put up the shield, swing the sword. That's what Jesus did. Look at Matthew 4. This is how Jesus battled the temptation that he was facing. Every response to the enemy in that passage was a short verse. You know, uh, one of the temptations, just an example, one of the temptations was to turn the stones into bread. Jesus answered, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It was a short, he was swinging the sword. That's what you do. He was showing us how to deal with this. You, you put up the shield. God is not going to rip me off. And then you swing the sword. Uh, fourth thing we can do is get help when you need it. You, you may need help. Maybe you're wrapped up in a temptation, struggle with sin, a battle with your thoughts. Uh, there's, there's always... I think always a spiritual aspect to it. There are other aspects. It's complex, what we're dealing with. Some things are more and more, more complex than others. And you may need help getting past some of these things and to talk through and to sort some things out. Find somebody more mature and get help. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. If you can't get past it on your own, then talk to somebody more mature in the faith than you. Um, and, and we'd love to help if, if we can. There are some next steps that you could take on your outline and in your, on the connection card that you might want to check and put in the offering when it comes by. Uh, one of them would be to memorize 1 Peter 5.8 to rem- remember that you, we're in a battle here. We've got to resist. Um, 
Another one, start to pray daily for victory. Maybe you haven't had that as a pattern in your prayer life, just to pray for protection from the enemy and victory over, over him. Maybe your step is to learn to use the armor. What is this armor? We've got some resources, if you'd like. Uh, just jot it in a note that might help you with that. Uh, but learn to use the armor of God that he's provided. And then maybe, maybe a step is just to get help for the, for the battle, for a battle that you're losing. I've done that. I've, just, I've been struggling, and I've just humbled myself before some guys at times, and I've said, you know, I really need you to pray for me. It's embarrassing, but will you, will you pray with me? And that gives a sense of accountability and power that you don't have if you don't do that. So there are some things you could do. There, there's, a, there's also a bookmark in your um, program that, that you can look at. There's a summary that relates to what I'm talking. It's, it's not exactly what I've been, the outline that I've walked through. But there's a summary of a book called Changing Your Thought Patterns by George Sanchez that is very helpful for, for not caving into your thoughts but winning the victory over them. So uh, you may want to take that with you and put it in the book you're reading or in your Bible and refer to it. Would you pray with me before we move on? Father, we thank you for your, your faithfulness to us. God, even, even when we rebelled, you love us. You, you, have, you have gone after us. You've pursued us because we are highly valued by you. You love us deeply. And I, I am so grateful that you reign through grace. Not through the law, but through your grace we know you. And we can walk with you and find your approval. Father, thank you for uh, just your goodness to us. Pray that you give us the power to win the battles. Not to cave in. It's so destructive, God. The temptations and to cave in the midst of trouble, to not walk by faith, can destroy us, God. And I pray that you, by your power, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, would help us with this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.